Life can be a puzzle. And sometimes in some seasons before some difficulties, we wonder if we'll ever get out of the maze. Befuddled, sometimes lost, and other times purposeless. But in our first reading from 2 Kings, fourth chapter, the eighth verse, we meet a woman of influence, a woman of influence who opens herself to the prophet's influence. She opens herself to the prophet's influence. She asks him to join her for a meal whenever he's by. So she opens her life and family to be influenced by God. She's a woman of influence and therefore we could probably fairly intuit busy. Lots going on. Lots to see to, lots to demand, lots to request, lots to check. Perhaps too busy, almost obviously too busy to find time for God, one would have thought. But that's not true at all. That's not true at all because she's also obviously, from what we read in 2 Kings 4 to 8 and on, she is also a woman of wisdom. She's a woman of wisdom as we see by her choices. And so are you. And so are each one of you so obviously today. She takes time for the prophet Elisha. She makes sure to show him courtesy, give him a meal. And then to stay longer, she actually finds room in her life for him by building a room for him in her home. She and her husband make room for him and therefore they make room for God. They literally make room for him and they literally make room for God. This was once the estate of the fellow who gave the money for the original engineering school at Harvard. And then there was a decision to try to build a Catholic church here and this spot was found. And the fellow who over a century ago got the highest award at the School of Design came was tapped to design it and on and on. We'll save the details for another time. But the point is people who were here without necessarily a lot of money to initially fund it worked very hard to scrape the, the money for this dollar by dollar and brick by brick until they built what people tell me who visit here, Harvard folks for a funeral, faculty say, Father, I never realized how beautiful your church is. I went inside for the first time. I went to college here in grad school. I never knew how lovely it is. People on July 4th come from afar. All of you who are from afar, welcome. We love having you. And it's a chance to brag about who our ancestors were. Far enough back that we probably met almost none of them. But we're very proud of what they did because they made room for God. And you say, where did they make room for God? They made room for God right here. And if it still exists, it's because of each of you supporting it ever since and supporting it by your presence. Because in your time and in your day and in your vacation and your time off, you made room for God right now, right here, together with the rest of us. Nothing quite like solidarity, knowing in a difficult world where it's hard to find out the good or to choose it, we're all doing both things together here right now. How important that. 
If you think of it, Sunday Mass is the premier example of making room for God. For scripture, God's work in history, praise the Psalms, Christ's very words in the Gospels. And then in the epistles, the letters, in the Acts of the Apostles, the stories of Peter and of Paul, but then the early church and its beginning, the influence of the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit influenced you and me to get here for this Mass and to build the church. Not simply in us who are here now, and the baby is about to be baptized and baptized, but in those we'll welcome in of any age. Two years ago, we had 30 people enter on Holy Saturday. This past year, 32 people enter. And that's probably an underestimate of how many people are waiting around there who would love to hear the good news amid their worry, amid their division within themselves, to know how much they are loved just as they are by God right now. How much they are loved just as they are right now by us. And how we would like to welcome them in. Not to hornswoggle them in with a, a harpoon or a, and a net, you know, bring them into the bag, but for their own welfare and by their own choice. To let them know the great good news, which they could pass on in turn, that God so loved the world that he sent his only son. Now, it can take time as a family to hear Christ's word, learn them, interpret them, and interpret them aright. And so the matter about if anyone loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me and on, it can at first seem harsh until we think of the language of the time, it's a proper interpretation, and also this. After a time, we leave mother and father and go into our own world. And then we have to make our own decisions. And those first helpful rules we learned about how to live, and then those practical rules we come up with ourselves are completely eclipsed by something that overarches everything. The Lord God and God's law and the law of justice and the law of peace and the law of courage that makes all the other virtues possible that we have to exhibit. And all those things we gradually come to learn. But how that strips all the other rules we know to set them in order. The love of God and the love of neighbor. And sometimes coming to church for Mass is the one time in the busyness of the week we have to sit down and ruminate or let ourselves notice how we have to put our lives back in order a better way. So that God's rule is supreme and so that in essence common sense is supreme and goodness is supreme and hope is allowed in the door and not worry. And faith is a secure foundation, and we don't feel as if we're shaken and worried by every little thing going on. And so that we learn of love from God, and we learn of how to love others. And we give permission for God to love us and not fight it off. And we give permission for other people to love us and not fight it off. Our Lord mentions the cross and how that's a part of life. I want to mention, um, if you look at any, since there are tourists here, if you're walking around, you'll probably see a Cambridge policeman, maybe a police person, maybe a, uh, a fireman. And all of them have a good-sized seal on their arm for Cambridge. And the city seal, when it was revised, put the two treasures, the two treasures of Cambridge on the seal, front and center. And by way of beginning, one of them is the, if you think of our history, that... Um, William Dawes went past the, uh, the front gates to warn them in Lexington Concord, that famous time, 
And uh, there's a big Dawes Island with all those horseshoes. If you see it right outside the gate of Harvard across the street, if you're tourist, touristing. And then Lexington conquered, then Bunker Hill. And then in Philadelphia, they came together and they put together an army. And they selected a general. And here's the quiz question for every tourist and all of us. Where did he take command of the Continental Army? And the answer is that on the seal is the oak tree, the elm tree, you tell me, where he stood as they all marched past and he took command on Cambridge Common. That's why when you see the sign lit up at night, the big red sign for the Sheraton, it doesn't simply say Sheraton. It says Sheraton Commander, because that's where Washington began his impossible work that never could have been done, but he did it, and we did it too, to achieve our freedom. And then, noticed by crowned heads in Europe, at the end of his two terms in president, he gave up the crown, which no one could believe could happen, but which did. It's very difficult, it's very easy to overturn a government. It is almost impossible to put order back in place and law. Think of all the countries that have become free since whenever. Think of the number of democracies with liberty that are actually there. It's no small thing. At the beginning of our days, there was the man I mentioned. And I often think of him going all over the country against odds, against any hope, surprising them at Trenton and then at Princeton and on, against all hope. In the cold, he didn't have a car. He didn't have a, uh, he didn't have a sedan. Didn't have anything but a horseback, all the elements coming at him, all the cold. How did he ever do it, I wonder? How did he have such courage? Doing anything worthwhile involves a cross. Being a parent, being a spouse, getting a PhD, learning how to do this or that, passing on the best you know to the next generation, they're not always asking or ready to listen, but it's important that goodness and wisdom be passed on. And so that woman of influence could have simply been a woman of influence, but that demeans her and dim diminishes her and thereby demeans her because she was often also a woman of enormous wisdom. And in the midst of her busy life, she made time for the prophet. And in the midst of her busy life, therefore, she made time for God. She actually built room for him. She built a room for him. And here, now, that's the same thing done by each of you. May God bless you always. Thanks for listening to Within the Walls of St. Paul's Sunday Homilies. Please be sure to like us on Facebook and consider supporting us by visiting stpaulsharvardsquare.org. That's stpaulsharvardsquare.org. God bless and see you next time.